Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am Kimberly Osgood, your host for Smart Money Moves, and our topic today is Four Ways to Grow Your Business, and our leading lady today is Ms. Tanya Lee Scott, and she is a CPA and partner with Hutchinson and Bloodgood in San Diego, California. Good afternoon, Tanya. How are you? Hi, Kimberly. I'm doing just great. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I know we're going to have a great conversation. Um, as I mentioned to the audience, our topic is four ways to grow your business. But before we get into that, give me a little background about yourself, uh, how long you've been working with business owners, and what led you to uh, try to help business owners in growing their business. Sure. Happy to do that. Um, yeah, I've been a CPA for uh, longer than I care to admit. Uh, so, you know, I originally started in, in taxes and, and was working with uh, clients, business owners, and their businesses over the years. And, and I just found that business owners are an interesting breed of cat. They're very, um, very engaged, very smart, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed working with them. And over that time, I, I found that I had morphed more into an advisor role than uh, than just focusing on you know tax preparation and tax planning and and uh, and and then I started finding that clients were calling and saying hey I get an offer on my business um, can you help me and at that point I realized that we were that we were not doing as good of a job as we could helping business owners actually get ready for that you know that biggest transaction of their life, you know, which would be the sale of their business. And, and so at, this was in 2008. At that point, I decided that I really needed to kind of redirect my efforts so that I was really helping business owners not only plan for that exit, but, uh, but you know, experience and enjoy the growth in their business before that, that time happened. And so that's really where my focus has been heavily since 2008. Okay. Now, is there a particular type of business that you work with, uh, small, medium, large? What type of businesses? You know, most, um, I'm here in San Diego, and so, you know, San Diego businesses generally are running in that 10 to $20 million value range. Um, that's a pretty typical mid-market business in San Diego, and so that would be very often the size of client I would be working with with regard to uh, growth and exit. Um, but, you know, I work with, with businesses that are sometimes as small as $500,000, you know, in revenue. Mm-hmm. So, they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really where do you want to go as a business owner? Do you want to actually build a business that's transferable um, in the future? And, you know, what's your, what's your objective? What's, how do you want to get there? And, and that's where I find that uh, a lot of the, the clients that I work with have, it's the individuals, it's the business owner, and they're, 
their personality and their drive of what they want to do. And, and if it's a good fit, then we can, you know, I can bring some, some value to the table for them. Okay. Now, what exactly does it mean to grow your business? Um, you know, when I use the word or when I use the term grow your business, I'm actually talking about how do you make your business more valuable. Mm-hmm. But uh, but really, at the end of the day, uh, we all know cash is king, right? Yeah. So if your, if your business is making is profitable and it's got great cash flow, your that means your business is valuable. And the more you can increase that and show better profits, show better uh, you know less debt, better cash flow out to owners. Um, that just means your business is more profitable. And, and down the road, if you wanted to sell your business, that's what a buyer is looking for. They're looking for cash flow. And so, um, you know, a lot of times this is where we start when I work with business owners is, okay, you know, what is the value of your business today and where do we want to get it to? So, how, And then then comes the strategies of how do we get there. Okay. So really the bottom line is growth equals value. The more you grow, the more valuable your business is because some is because some people might say, "Well, I, you know, I'm happy, I'm get, making good money. You know, why should I want to focus on growth?" I guess the bottom line is it creates value, correct? Well, you know, I, I think that's a real interesting um, uh, question, Kimberly, because the uh, you know there's a lot of people out there that um, that have a nice a nice business and and pretty much they're the only they're the only person in their business. And um, they're they're getting good good revenues and and very happy with what they're doing. They don't mm-hmm. really want to deal with a bunch of employees and you know and all the <laughs> all the, the the things that come along with that. And if that's what you want to do, that's great. That that works. That's wonderful. But we usually refer to those businesses as lifestyle businesses because mm. um, your business is dependent wholly on you. And okay. so if you decide to not work anymore, you decide to retire, there is no business anymore. So it's, it's, we even use the term, you know, you've created a job for yourself, which is fine. You know, there's lots and lots of people that do that. But then there's other people, you know, other folks that say, you know, I want to build something that actually is going to exist beyond me. You know, that when I right. retire, that company is going to go on. It's going to provide um, employment for people. It's going to keep vendors in business. It's going mm-hmm. to have these clients and customers. You know, and, and those are the folks that I'm usually working with because we're trying to create um, an organization that is basically sustainable. You know, using that term, you know, in our green environment now, is it a sustainable business? Does it go? Does it run without you? And mm-hmm. um, and that can be a scary thought a lot of times for for business owners because you know especially if you founded your business it's like I you know my business must be dependent on me but if you want to grow a business um, that becomes uh, you know that that adds value to the to itself but also to your community um, you kind of have to get out of that mindset that it's got to be dependent solely on you. So one word that comes to mind, uh, you talked about value. One word that comes to my mind is legacy. A lot of times people, when they have their business, they also think of creating a legacy, you know, that was something that they can leave to the next generation and the next generation. And, you know, we can see through the history of our country, you know, people like the Rockefellers and others that built these great empires years ago, and the businesses are still in existence, and their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are still involved in those businesses. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a perfect word. In fact, when I work with business owners that are looking to transition, 
um, you know, to, to sell or, or get less involved in their business. Legacy is often a word that comes up, you know, and, and, it, and it doesn't, we're finding it less and less are we seeing transitions to family members. That's just happening all across the country. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a rare situation when, um, you know, like the examples that you use, it's rare now that, that you see a family business that, continues on beyond two or three generations. But, mm. um, but you know, we're really focused now with, um, with business owners who are maybe, you know, transitioning to key employees, uh, to either an individual key employee or a key employee mm-hmm. group. And mm. uh, that's, that's probably the more common um, transition that we see now. And, and uh, or, or in some cases, uh, you know, it's, an outright sale to maybe a competitor or uh, somebody, uh, an organization who's looking for a strategic, uh, a strategic um, combination with the company. But um, yeah, family transition is, is much more rare than it used to be. Mm, Okay. I guess that newer generation, they kind of want to do their own thing now, I guess. (laughs) Well, I think there's that. And then just the ability to live, you know, wherever you want to, um, you know, we don't have families staying in the same place oh, you know, year, year after year after year. It's just, yeah, and, and different interests, too. So. Okay. Well, uh, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after the show, how would you like our listeners to contact you? Um, well, there's two, two easy ways would be um, directly on the phone, which is 619-849-6529. That's my direct line. Or you can reach out to me via email, which is T. Scott, so T for Tanya, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at H, B as in boy, L, L, P as in Paul, dot com. Okay, great, great. Okay, so let's get into these four ways to grow your business. There are four ways, so mention what they are and then kind of go a little bit into each one. Oh, I'm happy to do so. Um, Yeah, (laughs) when we uh, think about the four ways to grow, uh, you know, you would think there's a multitude of ways to add value to your business, but we've kind of distilled it down and, and basically said there's only four ways to grow your business. And the first one that we usually focus on is kind of a front-end activity. Um, it's increasing the number of customers that mm-hmm. you have. Uh, customers are clients or patients, depending on what um, business you're in. Um, but the key here in our mind is not just increasing the number of customers or clients, but it's increasing the customers or clients of the type that you want. Mm, okay. um, you know, because if, it, if they're really not the right fit for your for your organization, uh, you know, for the process of how you deliver services or products, uh, or you know, or whatever it is that you deliver, um, having more of them is not helpful. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to have more more customers or clients of the kind that you want. Um, and then the second way that we look at is we want those kind of customers, those good customers that work for us or just good clients. We want them to come back and see us more often. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can get them to come back more, that's going to help grow our business. And then when they do come back to buy, let's increase the value or the average value of each sale that we have um, with that customer. And so those three are, are, are really, I think, probably as you listen, you go, well, geez, those, that makes total sense. And then the last one is really it's about the efficiency 
um, oftentimes when people talk to me, they're like, oh, you're a CPA, you're going to make us cut expenses. And actually, for me, that's the last thing I, I really kind of focus on. I focus more on the other three that we talked about. But at some point in time, you do want to look at how, how are you running your business? What are your processes? Are you doing them as efficiently as you could? Do you need to rework some of those processes? And um, that's really the, the four ways. And um, at the end of the day, you could just focus on one at a time. Um, but the way I usually try to encourage clients is to say, you know what, you can work on one, but working on all four of them is better because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you get a better result if you kind of combine all those, those uh, four activities. You kind of get that synergy aspect, right, where the right. whole is greater than some of its parts. So, um, you know, if you were to, for example, if you were to increase, the value. Let's go back to those four ways. If you were to increase the number of customers um, that you get by 10%, and if you increase the number of times those customers come back by 10%, and let's say you increase the average value of each sale by 10%, and because you've reworked your processes, you've been able to do that, right? You've been able to make those other three things happen. Um, you know, you've actually multiplied you've actually increased the value of your company, not by 10%, but like by almost 35%. So that's, Mm. that's a significant, a significant uh, number in my, in my mind. Okay. Now going back to the first one where you talk about increase the number of customers of the type that you want. I know with some Mm -hmm. information that you sent me, uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was, um, uh, is it why invest in generating new leads when you might just be turning them off when they call? And that's something that's very important. And you talk about phone performance and training systems can help. I know we've all had the experience of calling a particular company, speaking to, speaking to someone, and they were rude or they were, they were um, in, inefficient. And a lot of times it doesn't make you want to call them back. Now, sometimes, you know, maybe you just reach somebody, maybe they were new and they're just learning because I've dealt with companies where, you know, you get good service every time you call, and then maybe this one time you get somebody, maybe they're new and they're just learning. And, you know, so I'll still go back. But mm-hmm. how, how the person interacts with you on the phone is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, phone and in, and in, and in person, too. Uh, right. You know, the first thing that, that jumps to mind um, – and I'm actually, if we talk more deeply about some of these other things, I'm probably going to use a similar example. But I think about um, uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. has an absolute sales system that they follow. You know, what, mm. what, is, it, what is it they always say? When, whenever you talk to them, they say, my pleasure. At the end oh, of, okay. of every question, at the end of every transaction, at the be you know, any, any time in there, they say, my pleasure. And, and they, they welcome you. There's, they have an absolute sales system in their organization. And um, I know I was, at another, um, I was at another restaurant the other day, and I even said, I'm like, hi, how are you? And they didn't even respond to me. And I was just <laughs> like, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just jumped to mind of how different that was, that my mm-hmm. experience at that organization was not at all the same. As when right. I visit a Chick-fil-A, and you, you know, and you see that in so many different organizations, and um, just creating a process. You go back to that idea of process, um, creating a process that is consistent 
and um, across the board with all of your team um, is can have an, an amazing uh, result with your customers or clients. Um, you know, our team is, is trained from the beginning, from their onboarding experience. They are trained to smile when they answer the phone, okay? Mm -hmm. So they, nobody's yeah. even sat and seeing them, but they're supposed to have a smile on right. their face when they answer the phone. And uh, we do not use a, um, what do they call that, a door a doorkeeper? Yeah, we don't, we don't do that. We, we put our numbers out there for people to call us directly. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I think you just have to decide what, what is the experience you want your customer or client to have when they interact with you or anybody in your organization, and then make sure it's a consistent um, system across, across the organization. And I think right. that, you know, because people are looking, they, they reform, reform more and more to what is the experience that I have mm -hmm. when I interact with an organization. And, and that's become very important to people. So yeah, that's a great yeah. point, Kimberly. Yeah, and it's interesting you gave the example of Chick-fil-A because um, that explains why the lines are always around the block. Whenever you drive by Chick-fil-A, <laughs> they're packed with people lined up to get the food. I think it's one of the reasons. I don't know that it's 100%, but I surely do think it's, it's one of the reasons. Um, in fact, I ran into somebody the other day um, in a completely different organization, and they said, my pleasure at the end of it. And I said, <laughs> I said, do, have you worked at Chick-fil-A? And they're like, yes, we have. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's so ingrained in, in, mm -hmm. in those folks. But they learned it when they were young, you know, and, and maybe their first first or second job. So right. anyway, right. Um, the, the, yeah, those kind of things now, and I think probably your listeners are the same way. You know, we all have experiences and interactions with um, businesses, and, and we do walk away from them going, was that a good experience or not? Right. And it does absolutely impact whether you're going to come back or not. And, yeah. you know, one thing I think about is that, um, you know, every business screws up. Every, right. every business screws up at one point in time just because. But how do you, how do you resolve it? You know, um, I've, I've made mistakes <laughs> plenty of times with clients. And, um I think I don't think I've lost a client because I've screwed up. I think I've made um, generally made uh, the relationship stronger because of the way I go about fixing the problem. And so okay. you know, and it becomes it becomes again how do you how do you treat your customers? How do you take care of your clients? That really it permeates your culture, and um, uh, that is, that is part of those processes that we talked mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break to recognize our sponsors. Thank you. And Women Lead Radio today is brought to you by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet, on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And now, Kimberly, back to your show. Thank you. Well, welcome back to Smart Money Moves. And with us today is uh, Ms. Tanya Lee Scott, 
and we have been talking about four ways to grow your business. And before we took the break, we talked about the first way that was increasing the number of customers of the type that you want. So let's go into number two, um, which is increase the number of times customers come back. What can you say briefly about that? Uh, well, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, a service or a product that allows, that kind of becomes an annuity type, relationship because you know that client is going to come or customer is going to come back and see you uh, again or regularly, that's a, that's certainly a much more valuable client or customer than one that only sees you once. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, just just by having them come back more and buy, buy more from you, even if you don't change anything else, right, if you change nothing in your pricing, if you change, you know, nothing else, uh, you're going to increase the, the revenue in your business just because they come back more often. And so, you know, you, you, there's a process. And going back to that, that, that idea of process, what is the process you can create to start to develop recurring clients or customers? And, and I think, you, pro- you know, so much has become subscription-type businesses now, uh, you know, whether it's the uh, – you know, these boxes that come, whether it's like a, you know, a, a food delivery box or a, Amazon. a recurring <laughs> subscription to Netflix or, you know, whatever it is, the recurring part of it uh, is really what solidifies or helps, um, you know, kind of tie that client or customer into your business. And then, of course, you have to treat them well and take care of them. But um, the more you can get them to come back, if you can come up with a stra- strategy or structure, um, that's really going to help to add value to your business. Mm-hmm. And I know one thing that uh, in the notes that you sent me, you talked about for step two, uh, a lot of times people spend a lot of money or time on cold canvassing, but you said use your already proven list of previous customers and develop those, and I think that's something that's very important. Yeah, well, you know, that categorizing, we hear this all the time, right, is uh, uh, grade your customers, you know, A, B, C, D, your customers. And the reason you want to do that is because uh, your your A and B customers or clients are probably have different behaviors. You know, they have different ways they buy from you or different needs from you than your C and D clients or customers. Mm-hmm. So right. if you if you can at least go through and identify which which customers or clients fall into these categories, and you have to decide what um, what defines those categories. But once you do that, you know, drop them into those those categories, and then come up with a marketing plan. You know, come up with a a way to uh, to get them more engaged with your organization because your mm-hmm. D client or your D customer is going to be uh, way less interested in coming back to see you than the A one because the A is probably already very happy with you, with what you're doing for them. So, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, leverage that, right? Leverage that. And, and actually the A's and the B's going through that process of A, B, C, D um, actually also helps you really identify who going back to the very first one is getting more customers of the kind that you want. Well, my mm-hmm. goodness, A's and B's are the kind that you want, right? right. And if you can right. convert B's into A's, and if you can convert C's into B's, mm-hmm. um, you know that's a good process. That's a that's a successful um, approach. But really, putting your most effort into A's 
and then into Bs and hopefully converting them into As is a good is a good use of your time, especially as a business owner and as a leader, um, because that's what really solidifies your client base and and uh, and they're going to want to buy from you more often because they enjoy yeah. they enjoy the relationship. Right, right. And I know one thing in the notes that you sent me, which I think is very good, and this is something that I utilize in my business, is thank you gifts, giving, you know, keeping up, touching your clients throughout the year. And I usually will send thank you notes. I send birthday cards. I contact them to make sure that they're okay. And I think that is very important. It goes, helps you to provide service above and beyond the norm. Oh, absolutely, Kimberly. Um, you know, actually, there's a, there's a um, statistic out there that basically says that if you lose a customer or client, that almost 70% of those people who leave you for a competitor do it because of perceived indifference. Now, you might mm. think you're giving them all the kind of attention that you can, <laughs> but if they don't feel it, if they don't believe it, if they think you don't care, um, it's going to be a whole lot easier to um, for a competitor to sway them away from you than um, otherwise. And, and you know, you're, you probably are sitting there saying, well, how do I know? If, <laughs> I think I'm bending over backwards. How do I know? Well, you know what? Just ask them. That's right. what surveys are for. That's mm. what, um, you know, just picking up the phone and, and having a chat with your, with, you know, who are your top clients? You go back to that A, that A and B thing, you know, have those conversations with them. Are we doing okay for you? You know, what else can we do to make you right. Uh, you know, happy? Are we, are we dealing, you know, helping you answer your questions and solving your problems? You know, that kind of interaction just is, um, you know, it just multiplies. Right. The, Very valuable. The retention mm-hmm. rate, you know, it just, mm-hmm. uh, it ties those clients to you stronger because you are, again, creating a better relationship with them. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, once more, uh, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after the show, how would you like our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, you can give me a holler at 619-849-6529 or email is tscott, T-S-C-O-T-T at H-B as in boy, L-L-P as in Paul, dot com. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Now, uh, in the few minutes that we have, kind of briefly go over step three and four. Uh, well, we've kind of been talking about four, which is the process, yeah. right? We, right. We've been talking about this throughout this. But the, the third way, which is increasing the average value of each sale, um, I think is really an interesting thing because, uh, you know, if you can get your clients or customers to buy more from you at every sale – Again, you've added value to the business. And um, one thing I actually would like to touch base on pretty quickly, and I'm happy to um, to provide some information afterward. But this idea of discounting and or increasing your your uh, your selling price can have a significant impact on um, on how you add value to your business. Um, because a lot of times I think we as as business owners, we think giving discounts is a great idea. And um, and I don't think we really understand the impact that discounts can have on your bottom line. And mm. so I just wanted to use a quick example here. Um, let's just say that in your business, you have, uh, you know that your profit margin is, let's just use 30% as an example. So if you sell something for $100, and your cost is $70, that means 
the profit from each sale is thirty dollars. So that correct your present margin. That's your margin, your your gross profit percentage. So if you have a thirty percent um, margin or gross profit percentage, if you give a ten percent discount on those on those sales, right? You just you think it's a great way to get people in the door to to meet that. Oh, let's get more customers, right? So you give a ten percent discount. In order to have the same the same revenue that you had without discounts, you're going to have to add 50% more new clients or customers mm, to get okay. to the same margin. That's a huge amount of people, okay? Right. On the other hand, let's say you raised your prices by 10%. Well, your first response is probably, I can't raise my prices. I'll lose all my customers. Well, first of all, you won't lose all of them. We know that. But if you raised your prices 10%, you could actually lose a quarter of your customers and still make the same amount of money. That is mind-blowing to me. And mm. So that's the kind of information you need to understand um, about the numbers, and that's where, you know, me as the CPA gets all excited. But I actually have a, yeah, I actually have a handout on that. So if somebody wanted that, if you, you know, any of your listeners wanted to see that, I'd be happy to send that to them if they'll just shoot me an email. Okay, and give your email again. Um, it's T Scott, Tanya Scott at HB as in boy, LLP as in Paul.com. Great. Wonderful. And then I know you said you've basically been talking about the, um, uh, the process throughout the whole, and that d- deals with developing missions and goals, which is very important. You know, you have to know where you're going. You have to develop a mission statement. And then you talk about SWAT, which is what um, strengths, weaknesses, Opportunities, opportunities and threats and threats, right? And I think a lot of businesses yeah. don't think about that. They don't put that down, but that's very important. Um, uh, What's that idea of working on your business instead of in your business? And as a business owner, if you can swap that hat and spend at least some time every week working on your business, I think you're going to get a different mindset about um, how to how to increase the value of your business. Okay. Good. Well, you've provided very good information, and I know you also talk about collaboration, where you bring teams together, which I think is very important, and um, putting processes together to help people uh, improve their business, their bottom line. This is wonderful, and I hope you get people who call you and uh, want advice from you. Um, uh, This is anything, um, we have about a minute to go. Anything else you'd like to say before we close out? Um, Well, you know, I think just uh, to to uh, stay engaged and encouraged about your business. I think, uh, you know, this last year has been challenging and tough for a lot of folks. And, and in fact, I read the other day, Kimberly, you and I were talking about it, that there's just more and more people that have become self-employed because of this. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, and I think it's an opportunity is, is as you've been, if you have taken that leap, um, you know, what do you want to do with your business? You know, to really think about it and decide how you're going to, to run a better business and, um, and you know, get the benefit of running right. a good business. I, I just think there's a great opportunity right now. Good, good. Well, that's our show for today, and I'd like to say thank you to Tanya Lee Scott for being our leading lady today, and a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. And we'll be back again for another Woman Lead radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. and Fridays at 2 p.m. And it has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. 
Thank you for listening and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.